Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. July 31st, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Who came out on top in last night's Democratic presidential debate, which I didn't waste my time watching? We'll play some clips for you. I mean, a whole bunch of people who ain't gonna do a damn thing, who ain't gonna be around in six months. But okay, fine, we'll talk about it. A man in Mississippi is pulled over, attacked, and arrested by police for speeding, beaten viciously. We'll talk to him and his attorney. For President Ronald Reagan. We knew his ass was a racist. Some of y'all needed proof. Now we got proof. We'll play it for you. And also, California says Donald Trump 
cannot be on the 2020 ballot unless he releases his taxes. Oh, y'all know he gonna try to sue him. Well, let's see how that goes. And HUD Secretary Ben Carson, used to work in Baltimore, goes to Baltimore to defend Donald Trump. In Baltimore, a church says, say boo, get the hell up our property. Yeah, straight up. They threw him off the property. Also, folks, we'll chat with Erica Alexander, talking about her latest project. She and I chatted when we were at Essence. And also, a singing showdown between Smokey Robinson and Johnny Gill. The question is, whose girl is it? They sing my girl. From the Jeffrey Osborne Celebrity Golf Classic, I had that for you. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's roll. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Racism and reparations, a few of the issues on display during last night's Democratic presidential debate. It was the first one of two. Tonight is the second night. It's on CNN, which means I ain't watching. I was actually busy last night at the Jeffrey Osborne Celebrity Golf Classic, having a hell of a lot more fun than sitting around watching rapid-fire questions go out where people can't even answer the question. So for those of you who didn't watch like me, roll the damn highlights. How do you convince primary voters that you'd be the best nominee to take on President Trump and heal the racial divide in America? We'll call his racism out for what it is and also talk about its consequences. It doesn't just offend our sensibilities to hear him say, send her back about a member of Congress because she's a woman of color, because she's a Muslim American. It doesn't just offend our sensibilities when he calls Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals or seeks to ban all Muslims from the shores of a country that is comprised of people from the world over from every tradition of faith. It is also changing this country. Hate crimes are on the rise every single one of the last three years. On the day that he signed his executive order attempting to ban Muslim travel, the mosque in Victoria, Texas was burned to the ground. So we must not only stand up against Donald Trump and defeat him in this next election, but we must also ensure that we don't just tolerate or respect our differences, but we embrace them. That's what we've learned in El Paso, Texas, my hometown, one of the safest cities in the United States of America, not despite, but because it's a city of immigrants and asylum seekers and refugees. We will show that our thank diversity you. is our strength in my administration. Congressman O'Rourke, given your record, how can you convince African Americans that you should be the Democratic nominee? As an urban mayor serving a diverse community, the racial divide lives within me. I'm not saying that I became mayor and racism or crime or poverty ended on my watch. But in our city, we have come together repeatedly to tackle challenges like the fact that far too many people were not getting the help they needed in their housing and so we directed it to a, high, a historically underinvested African-American neighborhood. Right now, in the wake of a police-involved shooting, 
our community is moving from hurting to healing by making sure that the community can participate in things like revising the use of force policy and making sure there are community voices on the Board of Safety that handles police matters. I proposed a Douglas plan to tackle this issue nationally because mayors have hit the limits of what you can do unless there is national action. Systemic racism has touched every part of American life, from housing to health to home ownership. If you walk into an emergency room and you are black, your reports of pain will be taken less seriously. If you apply for a job and you are black, you are less likely to be called just because of the name on the resume. It's why I have proposed that we do everything from investing in historically redlined neighborhoods Mayor. to build black wealth in home ownership Thank you, Mayor. to supporting entrepreneurship for black Thank Americans. you very much. How are you going to combat the rise of white supremacy? We need to call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism, and it poses a threat to the United States of America. We live in a country now where the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. The way we do be better is to fight back and show something better. So I have a plan, for example, on education that says we have to build a better education system for all our kids, but we've got to acknowledge what's happened on race. So my plan has universal tuition-free college for all of our kids, but also increases the Pell Grants and levels the playing field by putting $50 billion into historically black colleges and universities. It cancels student loan debt for 95% of the kids with student loan debt and helps close the black-white wealth gap in America. If Medicare for All is enacted, there are more than 600,000 union members here in Michigan who would be forced to give up their private health care plans. Now, I understand that it would provide universal coverage, but can you guarantee those union members that the benefits under Medicare for All will be as good as the benefits that their representatives, their union reps, fought hard to negotiate? Well, two things. They will be better because Medicare for All is comprehensive. It covers all health care needs for senior citizens. It will finally include dental care, hearing aids and eyeglasses but you don't know second that. of all you don't know that, second Bernie. of all we'll come to you in a second, i do know i wrote the damn bill <laughs> second of all second of all many of our union brothers and sisters nobody more pro-union than me up here are now paying high deductibles and co-payments and when we do medicare for all instead of having the company putting money into health care, they can get decent wage increases, which they're not getting today. So look, let's, let's be clear about this. We are the Democrats. We are not about trying to take away health care from anyone. That's what the Republicans are trying to do. And we should stop using Republican talking points in order to talk with each other about how to best provide that health care. Are you also, quote, with Bernie on Medicare for All when it comes to raising taxes on middle-class Americans so, to pay for giant it. giant corporations and billionaires are going to pay more. Middle-class families are going to pay less out-of-pocket for their health care. The basic profit model of an insurance company is taking as much money as you can in premiums and pay out as little as possible in health care coverage. That is not working Thank for you. Americans across this country. Thank you, Senator. Medicare for all will fix that, and that's why Thank I'll you, fight Senator. for <laughs> why you All right, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. We're back on TV. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, tonight, ten more candidates take the stage in Detroit. I ain't gonna be watching.
I think I'm gonna watch Queen Sugar. I'm, I'm gonna get caught up on Mission City on the Hill. Um, and there's a couple other shows I haven't seen. I've been traveling on the road. All right, so let's go to our panel and talk about this here. We got A. Scott Bolden, former chair of the National Bar Association, PAC, Monique Presley, legal analyst and crisis manager, Dr. Cleo Monago, socio-political analyst. All right, any of y'all waste your time watching that last night? Could you show yes. a little more enthusiasm? Nope, over nope. The it's the debate. second damn debate. It's going to be a debate of month. It's a bunch <laughs> of people on the damn stage who don't need to be there, okay? I need Bullet <clears throat> take his ass home. <clears throat> I need uh, Marion Williamson. Y'all can hype up all y'all want to. Ain't no one hell she's going to be the candidate. <laughs> That's right. Ain't no one in hell she's going to be in the top five. She's going to be in the top ten. She can go home. Uh, Hickenlooper, he can go home. Gillibrand, she can go home. Beto, he can go home. Let's see, who else? Who can go home? De Blasio, he can go home. Let's see here, who else? There's about 25 of them. And so, basically, about 15 of y'all need to go ahead and go home. I'm just being straight up, okay? So, I keep telling y'all, I don't have any interest in any of these debates. You know why? Because I'm going to pay attention on October 1st. So let all y'all know that. Now, here's the deal. <clears throat> Based on in Houston, matter of fact, no, I take that back. I'll go ahead and I'll pay attention to one at TSU because it's in Houston, okay, on historic black college campus. But at the end of the day, we know campaign doesn't start until Labor Day, okay? So there's a whole bunch of people who are on stage who are taking up time, who are taking up space, like Delaney. Go sit your ass down. You ain't going to be president. You're not. You ain't going to get close. Sit down. Elizabeth Warren open up hashtag team whip that ass on you last <laughs> night and it was embarrassing and but the other deal is is all this sort of stuff back and forth and also let me just say it okay i'm not watching debate on cnn i'm not watching some rapid fire ass okay quick okay quick okay quick no it's policy it's the future of the country this ain't no damn rapid fire quiz. this ain't no quiz show and what the hell is up with that damn opening <laughs> what the hell's up with that <clears throat> see my problem with these people they are treating this like a game it reminds me when I was on CNN doing the healthcare debate and the Olympics was going on. And Will Blitzer turned to me, Roland, if this was the Olympics, who gets the, uh, the gold, the silver, the bronze? I said, this ain't no damn game. It's healthcare. What has happened is mainstream media is basically telling you, y'all are so stupid, you're so dumb, we can only talk about these things as if it's the WWE or a boxing match. It's not. It's the future of the country against an absolutely crazy fool. And here's the other piece, the day after last night's debate. How many judges is Mitch McConnell pushing forward? I keep telling y'all on this show, okay? Y'all can run around here, and y'all can holler about reparations, y'all can holler about health care, y'all can holler about all these different things. What you better understand is every single time somebody wants to file a lawsuit or challenge a law or go after one of these cops or deal with education, they're going to go to the federal courts. And if Trump is allowed to put on, if he gets reelected, that means by the end of eight years, literally 400 plus judges will be put on the federal bench. You better understand what's going on. All right. <clears throat> what are your thoughts? Anybody go ahead. You know, anybody go ahead. Don't matter. I'm going to get drink of water. Yeah, I agree with you. But mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was somewhat entertaining hearing Marianne Williamson and her... Um, tangent on reparations and on um, the uh, 40 acres and a mule issue and how she believed that we should get reparations. It's rare that you hear that kind of language from a... But so what? She's not well, going to be president. Uh, well, I agree with that. About it I agree with that. Why waste my time? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cleo, go ahead. I think it's a good idea or has potential... By the way, nice shirt. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. What? 
was on me. It's quite colorful. Go ahead, Cleo. Oh, I think that... If y'all wear damn dashiki, I'll compliment yours as well. We know I ain't getting complimented. Go ahead, Cleo. Scott, we have a different... See, my perspective is always based on what black, black, black sensibilities, what black people hear, what black people see, and what we actually have opportunity to examine. The, the issue of reparations, which I believe in, if no one has noticed, has not been talked about on these levels. It has not been part of the psyche, the imagination, part of how we view in terms of the possibilities for us in this country. And even though these people probably will not win, I think it's interesting to hear the conversation occurring and that the that the issue has been tapped into our psyche as, as something that could occur. It came out that I hadn't heard these statistics that supposedly 73% of the people surveyed black were supportive of reparations. So being someone who believes reparations should happen, mm -hmm. I think that's important that those types of ideas are running around the psyche to consider no matter who becomes the president of the United States. And I agree with, with, with Roland's analysis that this is kind of a WWE, yeah, but it doesn't move the ball forward in any way. The, the reality well, that's is, true. What, what, what Roland's talking about is, come October, there'll probably be ten candidates. That's really when we ought to be paying attention, and that's really where we're going to have to peel the onion back even more. Not just the ten. You're going to get down to three or four, maybe, when the delegates, when the the primaries start. No, it'll still be ten. Uh, probably it, not. It, probably, it may come. No, what's going to happen is they'll progressively drop out. But the reality is this year, you got Iowa, but here's a piece. When you get to, I think it's around, California's early voting, mm -hmm. I think starts in like November. Mm -hmm. so the whole the whole equation has changed. Also, the map is going to be different. It used to be all about Iowa and <clears> New <throat> Hampshire. Now, with Nevada, with South Carolina, now the other states are moving up. Again, the, 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 whole point, the whole point I'm making is this, again, folks, is you have to understand what's going on here. And I'm also looking at history. At this very point in 2016, Monique, Jeb Bush was at the top, Donald Trump was at the bottom. At this very point in 2007, Obama was down 20, 25 points to Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. But what happened? There was a debate in October, listen to what I'm trying to tell y'all, where the question was asked to Hillary Clinton about driver's licenses for elite, for undocumented workers. She flubbed the answer. That opened the door for Obama, and that's how he was able to close the gap, and things changed in November and December to the primary in January. But all I'm saying is, you got all these different people, and they're all fighting for literally 15 seconds and 20 seconds. The question is, are you getting substantive conversation in these debates the way they're set up? <clears throat> and also, I had Glenda Carr on Tom Jones Morning Show today, Higher Heights, and she's also critical of these networks, that you've had two debates so far and not a single black woman as a moderator. Your thoughts on these debates? Yes, uh, all of these uh, men surrounding me are as wrong as wrong can be. Um, so trust black women. That's my theme for the year anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and including the one that's about to debate tonight, and please do watch. Um, okay. I agree with you, Cleo, because in my lifetime, and I'm almost at 49 years, I've never seen a white woman. And by the way, some respect to Marianne Williamson, the woman who has enough scholarly influence and writing influence for the likes of Madiba Nelson Mandela to quote her work, right, about not playing small because my light is too great to be put under a bushel. We all know the speech. We even think he wrote it. No, it was that woman who last night was on the stage saying, really, the numbers should be at a trillion? 
for reparations, but 200 to 500 billion is something that she thinks should be politically feasible and can be done. No, we haven't heard anyone on a stage say that. But it's not just that we haven't heard anyone say that. It's that it was coming from someone who was not black and was not male, and the two quotes of last <laughs> night that got most searched and most repeated and most duplicated were Warren's quote, which I'm sure we'll hear. Don't you interrupt me, Scott, because that's how we get in this trouble in the first place. I hear you doing it. Nobody I hear cares. You. And now you're when talking about When she drops out, out of it, and now, nobody and will see, remember her raising the question or those me. quotes. I said don't interrupt remember. me. And you still do it. And that is the manness. And he's still talking. The reparations still won't and he's still move Monet, come on. Okay. Scott, stop. Be quiet. Thank you, host. Go. <laughs> so, um, political and civic engagement means ignore him, ignore him, ignore him. If you're right now, you got kids, they're civic sixth grade, engagement. seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, they're going to be voting for the first time. Every single time a debate happens, listen to the things that the people are saying. Like I was listening last night. Yes, I was on Twitter complaining, not because it was a waste of time, but because they didn't have enough time. Because what Marianne Williamson is saying, yes, she's going to fall off. What Buttigieg is and saying, and I can't her. Finish, finish, Scott, finish. Come on. Whatever he's saying, yes, they're going to fall off. But you're supposed to take that information that these mainstream candidates aren't talking about, and you're supposed to superimpose it on them. You take your community <clears throat> organization, your civic organization, and when they narrow the group down, those are the things that become your demands because those things That's that true. they're offering are righteous. People can't find some of these arguments on their own. That's right. These are people who at least Got have it. enough money to make it to the second debate. No, it's not irrelevant. Hell yes, it matters. So here's why and I I'm say, to, Scott, here's why, here, here's my problem. Here's my, here's my problem. First of all, first of all, hey, 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 I'm talking. I'm talking. Astro. I'm talking. Now, here's why I say it's irrelevant. How many questions came up dealing with education? We had the sister on the other day talking about the survey of black women. She talked about the three top things. How many questions came up dealing with education? How many questions came up dealing with the issue of voter suppression? Dealing with how they're going to attack that as well. How many of those came up? The reason I'm saying that is because what you have to understand, Pete, folks, who are watching, the people who are controlling the debates, it's not the Democratic National Committee. It's not the candidates. The debates are structured for the networks to boost their stars. It's all about, hey, who can we get to fight? Who can we get to go at it? Uh, who can we get to, to do a gotcha moment? Mm -hmm. It's actually not about information. <clears throat> that to me is why it drives me crazy. But that's not watching what happened. It. Just give me one second. He ain't gonna interrupt. You ain't gonna interrupt me. What this is about is, it's about <laughs> the drama. <clears throat> It's about the drama, because what has happened is, and this is why Trump is president, it's because all of these networks, Les Moonves said it, he said, 
Trump may be, may be bad for America, but he's great for CBS. Exactly. It's the drama. And that's what drives me crazy. It's not about the future. Scott, make your point. Each one will make another point, and then I'm going to a break. I'm going to my story in Mississippi. Scott. Make a quick point. The reason it's a waste of time is because you had 10 people on stage, and uh, probably eight of them, no, maybe five or six of them, aren't going anywhere. They're taking up space, not because you want to put somebody else there, but because the amount of fundraising, the amount of energy, the amount of resources going into the primaries and going into preparation for these debates is just a complete waste of time. Those lesser candidates may be making some very valid points, but we can make valid points with uh, making, holding the other individuals accountable who are polling higher and who are having much more money. That's why it was a waste. That's why you shouldn't necessarily be watching it. I watched but I'd be honest with you, uh, but for that debate, it didn't change my life. I didn't learn anything more about reparations. And we're no closer to getting reparations now than we were before Mary Williamson or Marianne Williamson uh, made her statements on national Cleo? I believe, and this is similar to what she just mentioned in terms of some essences of it. I believe that these debates also create a narrative that if it wasn't for the debates, that narrative wouldn't be out in the world. On this society, be on national TV at least, right? And the and I believe that in terms of possibility, the discussion on reparations on that platform does potentially plant seeds in black minds and other minds that this should happen. This is a possibility, which is correct because if you go back to 1984 and 1988 when Reverend Jackson ran, he was bringing up issues the other candidates were not talking about, right. uh, and he was and that was what was happening there. Go ahead. And he was a viable candidate go ahead. too. Right. Go ahead. So With lots of delegates. I have seen a few debates in my life, and that has never happened before. And young people are putting their minds, about black people and others, are putting their minds around, particularly hearing from the mainstream media that 73% of black people support reparations. That's a brand new consideration in the psyche of black folks to make sure it happens. Also, I think it's important to understand that black people see that white people are trying to be blackologists, trying to, there were some questions that were specific to black people, and that they look kind of strange and foolish, being that they benefit from white supremacy and privilege, talking like, as if they're, con they're concerned about black people. And I think black people need to be able to see what they can see through. Well, you can't see through it and analyze it as problematic if it's not there to see. Monique? I agree. And I'm going to use this like the same extemporaneous <clears throat> amount of time they had last night. Three things. Yes, when she said that, it was important to put that energy out and put that word out, but it also created an important challenge because then they immediately went to Sanders, right? Yes. And yes. she's saying we are entitled to two to five hundred billion dollars, but it really should be a trillion. And then yes. old boy comes talking about <laughs> I'm with the Clyburn plan. Let's talk about education. Let's talk yeah. about housing. And I'm like, which, which, against which. your two to five. Which, by the way, hold on. Oh, you're going to finish your point, but here's why reclaiming I'm reclaiming my time. No, you're not reclaiming. No, 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 no. You're not reclaiming your time because if, if you can explain the Clyburn Amendment to the audience, go right ahead. Yes, I can. Okay. Cli go ahead. Can I? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Oh, so Clyburn's plan for reparations involved, and I will involve Actually, you Clyburn's all plan too. is not for reparations, it, but go ahead. It, yes, it was. It was, well, not for it's reparations, not. meaning pay for reparations through other forms, which were education, health care, and property transfer. That's it not was, what it is. And it was supposed to be a reduction in taxes. No, it's not. 
Okay. No, it's not. Cl- no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. The Clyburn Amendment is this. He wants every time there's a federal bill for 10% of the federal funds to go to those counties where 20% or more of the people have lived below the poverty line for at least 30 years. But it's not now, money. Here's the pro- it is money. Okay. It is money. I'm telling you. How do I know? Because I interviewed Clyburn. I have been discussing the Clyburn Amendment for at least nine years. He tried to get the Obama administration to sign on to that to make it a part of the bill, but they wouldn't do it. Here's the other issue, though. This is why Bernie Sanders is wrong by continuing to invoke the Clyburn Amendment in this context. There are 400-plus counties that qualify for this designation. Again, 20% of the people have lived below the poverty line for at least 30 years. Two-thirds of those counties are in Republican congressional districts. In the South. Precisely. So that's why when Williamson talks about reparations mm-hmm. and Sanders shifts to the Clyburn Amendment, they don't go together because what's, but the Clyburn Amendment is actually two-thirds will be going to poor white people. Now you can continue. Mm-hmm. And what I thought, hearing them and seeing the contrast and listening to what people said later today was people noticed the difference, right? It seemed like a huge, not just pivot, but punt for him. And I personally, I'm not against Sanders. Like I said, whatever Democrat comes out or non-Democrat who comes out being Sanders, I'm going to vote for them as opposed to Trump. But they could see she was aiming for something that would actually repair this huge breach. He was not. Second, Buttigieg might not make it. Right, but you ain't gonna make it when you polling zero two percent on black people, and that's fine. But the reason why it mattered last night is because there may be young white, black, Latino males or females who are gay or homosexual or lesbian or queer or LT anywhere in that stratum who are looking at this man who's the first openly gay male married man to run for president and make it to a second debate and thinking that that is something that is available for them. So if they were able to see that last night, maybe two terms, three terms from now, they'll make it a little further. Like the way we did with the guy, the dark-haired guy with the skinny ear, the, well, the big but, ears, well, actually, who ended up winning. Well, actually, so, but, but, the, di- but, but the difference the between women. those two is no. the guy who won was a state senator, a United States senator, where this guy was a mayor of 150 people town, <laughs> exactly. 150,000 people, and witness and, 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 oh, and, and, and here's the other deal. Here's the other break. deal. This is real simple. You ain't winning nothing exactly. if you polling zero two percent among black people. Okay, here's the deal. Y'all keep talking about that debate. I'm done. We're good. I guess it's your All right. show. Man. Yes, it is. And All it's right, like, okay, because you know why? It's going to be another one next month. <laughs> then in October, There's November, one in and December. September. I know that. I said next this month. This is still July. Yeah, this, 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 it, yeah, this August. <laughs> <laughs> this August. Yeah, it's August whatever month you want to be. What the hell is tomorrow? Rolling. What's I mean, tomorrow? Astro. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is not today. What's it's tomorrow? July today. He made us around the corner. What's tomorrow? No, it ain't around no, the corner. No, he didn't. He it's didn't tomorrow. It's tomorrow. In less than six damn hours. That's around the corner. It's, it's, you shouldn't know the hell I'm talking about. I'm going to drink your water. I'm going to a break. We come back. We're going to talk Mississippi. Black man viciously beaten. And as cops say, we did nothing wrong. Did he beat himself? We watch Roller Martin Unfiltered back in the morning. Jesus. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there?
Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, y'all. Okay, we back. Thank you very much. I don't know what the hell they had for lunch. All right, folks, you've heard me talk a lot about MarijuanaStop.org. Why? Because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We have all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by the New Frontier Data Estimates, the global cannabis market at over $340 billion. We know that marijuana legalization is sweeping the country state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that and now making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S., creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. Folks, they need land to grow in all the plants. And this is not rocket science. It's pretty simple. It's just an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hip CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. And they're black-owned. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. Go to, and of course, the folks at 420 Real Estate have done something special for our Roller Martin Unfiltered fans. Uh, originally, it was 500 bucks, the minimum investment, but they've lowered, lowered that to $200 only for the folks who watch this show. So you can participate by a little bit, 200 bucks up to $10,000. Again, a $340 billion global industry that is still growing. You can participate was little as 200 bucks. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org, MarijuanaStock.org. You can get in the game and get in the game now. Folks, a stunning story out of Mississippi where a man and his pregnant fiance were pulled over in Tupelo, Mississippi, earlier this month, allegedly for speeding. Robert Morton, his pregnant fiance, Portia Shields, and their four-year-old son, okay, were pulled over along with another driver. This video has been going around social media and was recorded by Miss Shields I'm giving you the background, the details of what happened, but listen to the cop in his exchange with the brother. Press play. Because you're being detained. For what? That's what I'm trying to detain for what? That's what I'm trying to get the understanding of. You got you had an attitude when you looked at when I looked in your eyes and your window rolled down. You said, follow me. And you turn your you're lights correct. on. And you turn your lights on to pull him over. Your, and I, I followed back. you slowly. Put your followed hands you. behind your back. Wait, I'm not getting arrested. You are getting arrested. Get your hands behind your Why back. Why am I right getting now. arrested? Get your hands behind your back. Why am I getting arrested? Why am I being arrested? You're being arrested for speed, and now you're getting resisting arrest. How? When you didn't tell me that. That ain't what you told me. Give me. Ram, please. Don't do Ram, please. Get please, don't. Ground. Don't do get that. Don't do that. Get on the ground. Don't do that. Get on the ground. Don't do it. Just wait till somebody come, Ram. I'm waiting on the ground. Just wait till somebody come. Just wait till somebody come. Ram. Get on the ground. Okay. Ram, please just don't move because he's trying to just do, trying to mess with you anyways. Okay, so now you want the license. Now you want the license. Now you want the license. I can't make it. 
Get on the ground. I'm not doing anything. Get on the ground. What? What? Get on the ground. Why? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Y'all gotta do all that! Do y'all gotta do all that? Do y'all gotta do all that? Y'all ain't gotta do all that! You ain't gotta do all that, sir! You ain't gotta do all that! All that shit was called for! Y'all supposed to be out here protecting us! Y'all sit up and showing y'all goddamn ass! That's so fucking stupid! Folks, we're joined now by Robert Morton, along with his attorney, Carlos Moore. Robert, first of all, I, I listened to that video, and here's what I'm trying to understand. He tells you you're being detained, but detained and arrested are two separate things. Then, in listening to the video, he then asked for your driver's license. Okay, normally, when I've been stopped, normally what happens is, even if you're speeding, normally... You get pulled over, the officer approaches your car, asks for your driver's license as well as title and insurance to your car. Then they go back and you run it or whatever. What happened there? How, how did it go from, what, what, what happened before we saw the video where you're out of the car? All right. Let's go with me, sir. All right. When we got out, when he approached the vehicle, he, had, he demanded license and registration. I leaned over to pull my wallet out of my, my pocket. Grab my wallet out, open it up, and I asked my girl to grab the insurance card out the armrest. While I was handing him my ID out of my wallet, I asked why we were being pulled off. He said, step out the car, son. I opened the door and got out. My wallet either falls in the car outside the car. He tells me step on the back of the car. I stepped on the back of the car, put my hands on the car immediately. He walks from the car, grabs me off the car. And that's when the video really started. I pull away from him and he said, I'm right here on the car. And that's what the video says. Okay, so he says you were speeding. How fast were you going? I was going, my cruise, I always said, when I'm on, traveling on the road, it's always between 70 and 75. Yeah, I'm going to speed up if I'm passing the vehicle or whatever, but I'm on the right lane, so there's no car to pass. I can't pass anybody if I'm in the right lane. Okay, but, so if, but, if, car, yeah. but if you're speeding, that's a speeding ticket. How is it, how does it go from speeding? I mean, Carlos, you can jump in here. How do you go from speeding to you're under arrest for speeding? It, it happens because he's a black man in Mississippi, and this was a white uh, trooper. And so, unfortunately, Mississippi is still burning, and they saw a black man they could pick on. That's what they did. Robert, um, you were not obeying his orders. And I saw this video. I'm going, this dude is going to shoot you. Um, what, and, and look, understanding being angry and upset, but you, your, your pregnant fiance is there. Another child is there. Um, why did you react the way that you did? Because I wasn't in the wrong. I haven't did anything wrong. And wait, it doesn't matter if, you know, he would arrest me, detain me or whatever, ran my license, gave me a ticket. I went down to jail and whatever would still would have happened. It still been started on my end. Regardless of the fact if I resisted arrest on camera or not, if I would have did everything he did like I did to be in that position in the first place, 
It's still the best. So when when do a person or individual stand up for themselves when you know you ain't did no wrong? And I understand and that. Any time. I, I, he could have killed, killed me right there for standing up for myself, but that's what I believe in. I ain't finna get on the ground when I did everything you asked me. That's any man. I respect the man. I respect that officer until he told he pulled me off the car when, when he didn't have to, when I was presenting all my information inside the car. So he could have killed me. All right. Carlos, what are you pursuing? We're going to pursue uh, federal uh, charges against the officer for excessive force. Uh, James Scott, the second officer that came up and choked him, he made the uh, situation a lot worse. He escalated the situation instead of de-escalated. And we're going to pursue him and uh, the first officer uh, for violating this man's um, civil rights. I mean, we believe he was improperly seized and searched. And um, they used excessive force uh, greater than uh, the need uh, called for. Robert Morton, Carlos Moore, we surely appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Go to Cleo first. Cleo, you have worked with law enforcement in the past. They're in Los Angeles County. Uh, we have discussed these numerous videos beforehand. So just, just your thoughts on uh, what transpired there. Well, I want to hear, and I'm sure I will, from my co-panelists, because I hear some two attorneys critiques we'll hear of from them. the brother. And I could have been hearing wrong. They'll speak for themselves. What I think we should consider is that black men, particularly working class black men, but all kinds of black men, because I've been accosted by the police, including when I was in a police uniform, are tired of this. There's a defensiveness that's based on actual experience, the witnessing of experiences, and experiences of the murder of black people at the hands of cops that have become part of the public sphere here. So they're not trusted. Of course, there could be an overreaction. Some of us might interpret his behavior as overreaction. But when a cop comes, we're not looking at it, a lot of black men, from a linear perspective, meaning what happened that day. We're looking at the cumulative effect of having seen and heard and been accosted so many times for just being a black man. And sometimes even if it puts their life at risk, I'm not saying I agree with that because I don't. I'm talking about behavior, cause and effect now, not but, logic. But, but not as black men. Remember Sandra Bland. Absolutely. I mean, what? what I mean, Sandra Blank, she what happened fits, in that she case... She fits in this conversation. Go ahead. She absolutely fits in this conversation, exactly. And I think, from my own analysis, Trayvon Martin does, too. I think he was mad about being tracked and followed by some strange man who's like, what the hell? Who wasn't a cop. Right, exactly. But, was questioned by a non-cop. But even non-cops, when black people are in the store, right. follow them around the store. Merchants follow people around the store. The security guard, who's considered a fake cop sometimes by certain people, they follow you. And you get, you get tired of it. So it looks like to me that when this brother was being accosted, yes, he was going 70, 70 miles per hour. He was speeding. In what but, zone? But he was not doing something that's illegal and that you get arrested for. Not true. Not true. Let me just say this. Those three comparatives. Don't to, forget what I said, though, about until you get and, to the, the legal, legal issues of speeding, uh -huh. I, wanted, I don't want people to forget the fact that people are living embodied with frustration, what, what, anger, and fear and terror, okay. which makes them act irrational in quotes, law, well, when the police shows up. Yeah, well, the law don't allow for all those years of being terrorized. I'm sorry. Until you can get that in the law, you're going to have to live with it. Those three comparatives to those other cases, this case is completely different. As a former prosecutor, let me just say this, right? He was resisting arrest. You can be arrested for speeding at a certain level in a number of right, states, right. in Virginia, if you're 30 miles over the, over the speed limit, what you can be arrested, hold on, for reckless driving. Now, here, he admits that he was speeding, right?
The cop, in my opinion, said he was under arrest. Whether whether he's right, the cop no, is actually, right or actually, not. No, no. no, he said no, he was no, under no, arrest. One second, the cop initially. When he was at the back one, of, I, one it doesn't matter. Uh, excuse me. It doesn't excuse matter. Me. Oh, excuse, once he's at one the second, back, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna follow what I heard. The first the cop said he was detained. Mm -hmm. Then the cop later asked for his his driver's license. Yep. Then the cop saying you're being arrested. That's right. Go ahead. So because the beginning, because there's nothing. I'm saying that because that. detained and arrested are two separate things. Detention comes before, uh, at the same time of being arrested. Of course, he wasn't free to leave when he's at the back of that car. Right. Then he's asked for his ID because the officer wants to know who I'm arresting. And thirdly, then he tells him, "I'm arresting you for speeding," which you can be arrested for speeding if you're so so much over the speed limit. Now, at that point. Most people when the cop though. decides Most that people he, not he's going to take I got him, it. I got it. when he goes to take him, when they decide to take you on the street, okay, you have no choice but to obey those police orders, rightfully or wrongfully, unless your life is at risk. In most jurisdictions, if you believe your life is at risk, then you, you can defend yourself. Now, look at the video. The video is the best evidence for the police and against him, right? He refuses to cooperate with putting his hands behind his back, and then he breaks away from the officer and swings on the officer. It's right there. Then the officer back One second. The uh, back hold on, hold backs on. up. Hold on, Henry. I want you to play the video. Scott's going to continue. Then I'm going to have Monique. I want you to pull okay. the audio down. Mm -hmm. Scott, go. Then he swings on the officer, and the officer backs up and puts his gun out. Then the, 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 the defendant is narrating what, when, where, and how he's not cooperating. He even says, I'm waiting on backup. So when backup gets there, because the cop keeps his gun on him, but the cop doesn't shoot him, doesn't try to fight him or anything, then this backup gets there, right, approaches him. He's told to do the same thing. And then he resists again, and that's when the two of them put him on the ground. Monique. This is not a good case for the defendant. Monique. Right. So I spent 11 years defending a municipality, including police misconduct cases mm -hmm. for. But look at the video. That's why the police officer showed restraint. And then he's standing there. Monique, Monique, one second. Monique. He's resisting Scott, arrest. Scott, Monique, make your point. Um, he has the freedom to use his mouth any way he wants to use his mouth. Keep the video up, please. Um, he does not have the freedom to use his hands or any other part of his body. What he is doing is not just unwise, it's criminal. Mm -hmm. It does not matter why he was stopped, why he was pulled out the car, why he was being searched. At the point that you put any part of yourself in offense on a police officer, you just changed what you could have walked out of as a regular stop into a felony, which is assault on a police officer. I credit what you're saying, Cleo. I understand the history. Scott was in this very chair. I was over there two and a half, maybe three weeks ago, mm -hmm. we had a heated debate mm -hmm. about, and I was in the position of mm -hmm. when a black man has enough and enough is enough and again. et cetera. He swung again on It wasn't this though. It wasn't a case like this where you've got one like 
See, what really happened is bruh is giving off that I'm driving and I'm high effect from the minute he gets exactly. out of the vehicle. Exactly. And all of the officer's antenna go up, and he's trying to pat for safety, mm -hmm. and you can see he's doing mm -hmm. the right technical pat for safety, and bruh won't withstand it. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but at the point that you got your breakaway arms and your spin, I was thankful watching it three times that bro wasn't dead. Exactly. But as to the anxiousness and the frustration and et cetera, with no offense to our men who should be offended, that's the defense those senators use about why it's justified for Trump to break every law under man, under God and man because he's frustrated, because he's wrongfully accused time after time, because he's an innocent person. You. There's no such justification in the law for breaking the law. And, 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 it is a reason it. why you and, and think you well, are no, wait, 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 wait. And this is and this is, I think, this is the conundrum. And you're absolutely right. There there are moments when when again, I'm gonna use Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland knew the law. And she knew that cop was full of it. But the problem is, the cops know. They know at the moment they give you a command. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're wrong. The problem is, the law says, if the cop gives you a lawful command, you must obey. And you're absolutely right. We've seen other videos where black folks frustrated. She was frustrated. Cop tried to snatch out of the car. She's like, no, for what? Because he said, put your cigarette out. And when he ordered, and again, he ordered her out of the car. Yeah. And she said, I'm smoking, it's legal. He, you, oh, you disobeyed a command. Now you got to get out. Then that's when she, should I pull him out? No. Then he tried to jam the door open. But the reality is this. <clears throat> that brother said, fine, if he killed me, if he killed me. But the reality is, and it's painful, and it's hard as hell. It's hard to, sh to shut your mouth. It's hard to suck that up. It's hard to do, but the reality is the law is not meant for citizens. The law is all, most of the law is on the side of these cops. Cleo. Only thing I, I want to respond to was what she said about Trump and somebody else using excuses of being frustrated. I think it's important to understand that it's the difference between being strategically manipulative, which is what Trump and them are doing, to make excuses to keep doing the monstrous crap that they want to do, right. get away with it. And a brother who looks just like the kind of person that's constantly being murdered by the cops, who's constantly being harassed by the cops, who's constantly being put in a position where they got to be controlled. I mean, he, the brother said something that I heard when he said, brought up man, being treated like a man. Right. And there's a lot of brothers in the society who feel castrated by this culture right. based on direct and indirect information and experience. And we need to create space to heal that, acknowledge that, and, and know that it's real. Because there's a lot of shutdown of black male experience in this country. And the, the lack of, even when it comes to voting and all types of activity that we need to do to advance ourselves, a lot of brothers feeling, feeling shut out. Yeah. And that may be true, but, but this, but this is, but this but this is, but and this, this is where you hear, and even if you play the video, where even his fiance, Robert, stop, Robert, stop, because basically what she's saying is, live to see another day. Exactly. And but his whole, but to your point, he was a brother 
who was who was pissed, who was who felt so disrespected, who felt so angry. Scott, it don't matter when it comes to the law because the reality it is does matter. no. As Scott, it doesn't because because what he's saying is when, it, when Scott, no Scott, what he's saying is when someone reaches a boiling point and emotions take over, that is the reaction. But what you heard from the fiance is what a lot of sisters say. Now we, a lot of mothers say, a lot of fathers, come home alive. It's no different when I showed the Billings, Montana video where a sister was cussing the cops out and her husband was trying to calm the situation down. <laughs> and she, when she cussed him out, but... But she was right about it. And she no, 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 wait, right. wait, wait, exactly. wait, wait, let me finish. But when we interviewed them <laughs> and the husband came home... I was here. The what did the husband say? I was trying to calm it down because then I didn't want to have to get involved. Because what he was saying was, mm -hmm. if it got to that point and that cop put his hands on my wife, mm -hmm. it was about to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And so for black people, we're caught in this conundrum. where we have to sit there and suck it up and we know it's BS and we know it's foul and we know these cops are playing games. But the point is you got to live to see the other day. And some of us, I'm not talking about me, when I say us, I'm talking about as a black man, don't want to live or see another day. There's something called quasi-suicide. And there's something called where people unconsciously put themselves at risk to be killed because where they live and their environment is not attending to them. So they're like, F it. And, and so they go off. And, and you heard him say it. Yeah. And we, did, and we got to, look, this ain't the time probably, and we don't have enough time to get into the nuances right. of this, but... What's happening with our people, male and female, but particularly male, is putting a lot of us to the brink. Right. And there's no conversations about it. And it's leaving us at the brink. Well, and, and that and, brother was on the brink. And, and, and you're right. He didn't care if he was and why we gotta, well, And why we got to talk that down? Because had that cop pulled that trigger, mm -hmm. the cop would have been lawful to do it. And that sister would have been like Flandre Castile's <laughs> girlfriend, left without a man, and she would have had a baby who would never have seen a father. And that's the conundrum that we're in, but it's about living the scene of the day. Going to a break, we'll be back in Roller Martin Unfiltered. Defining myself, as opposed to being defined by others, is one of the most difficult challenges I face. Politician and lawyer, Carol Mosley Braun. You give it a school, Allen University, founded in Cokesbury, South Carolina in 1870 as Payne Institute by a number of ministers of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. In 1880, it moved to Columbia and renamed Allen University in honor of Bishop Richard Allen, founder of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Notable graduates include minister and civil rights leader Joseph Delane, former member of South Carolina House of Representatives and South Carolina Senate, Ralph Anderson, and former member of the South Carolina House a former circuit court judge, uh, Daniel E. Martin Sr. You want to support Allen University? Go to allenuniversity.edu, allenuniversity.edu. All right, folks. Uh, now, we all knew. Black people knew. Ronald Reagan was chicken shit. We knew Ronald Reagan was a damn racist. But now, all of a sudden, an audio recording has been released of a phone conversation between Ronald Reagan, 
he was governor of California, and Richard Nixon when he was president. Y'all remember, Richard Nixon taped everything. And Lord, praise the Lord for his taping, because <laughs> we, have, we have had some insights into the bigotry and racism at the highest level in America. Now, the tapes, folks, were private because he resigned. They, so what happened was they were moved to the Nixon Presidential Library. Now, when the National Archives originally released the tapes of the conversation in 2000, let's be real clear, they punk asses redacted, no, and I'm saying that's right, they redacted the racist part to protect Reagan's privacy. So why weren't these tapes released when he was running? Listen to what happened. Okay, it was 1971, and they were talking about something that took place between African diplomats at the United Nations. Reagan refers to these African diplomats as monkeys and says they haven't even got used to wearing shoes. One of the Reagan biographers, uh, Monique, comes out and says, in all of his research, he had never uncovered anything mm -hmm. of Ronald Reagan being racist. He launched his campaign in Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is only known for one thing in American history, the murder of three civil rights workers, Cheney, Schwerner, and Good. I mean, we don't know about Philadelphia, Mississippi for nothing else. That's one. <clears throat> Who was the originator of the welfare queen, Ronald Reagan? Right. Who was the man who absolutely opposed MLK's birthday is a federal holiday, Ronald Reagan. Who was the man who said, no way in hell will I sign a bill of put, putting sanctions on uh, the leadership in South Africa, the white racist leadership in South Africa, Ronald Reagan. Black folks, we always knew. Now white folks are like, oh my God, Reagan called them monkeys. <laughs> Not our Ronnie. Yeah. I mean, I don't so what know. What do you have to say about Ronnie? Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I left out one. Y'all do also remember when the Black Panthers came to Sacramento, the state capitol, with the long rifles? Uh... They immediately banned that shit. <laughs> when black folks, act, yeah, when black folks uh... roll up, with long rifles, they like, oh, we got to change this damn law. And, and we ain't having that. that. It was legal. It was legal. It was legal for them to be there with the rifles. Huey Newton started the law says, <laughs> law says if we carry long long rifles <laughs> and point them in the, in the, and point it in the air, it's legal. So they went to the state capitol with them guns. When them white folks saw Negroes <laughs> with long rifles, they said, oh, hell no, uh, we got to change that law. Ronald Reagan signed into law. Yes, so the thing is, the GOP is indeed still the party of Reagan, just like <laughs> they've been saying they were, and we were trying to disagree with them, but of course it's it's accurate. Yep. Um, and I was in second grade, I think it was Carter versus Reagan. I was representing Carter in the debate. I brought peanuts, um, and my opponent brought jelly beans. The jelly beans won. Um, Reagan was that kind that kept it 
you know, the slip wasn't showing, and he was a consummate entertainer and a consummate politician before, you know, his frontal lobe started disappearing on him. Uh, and so contrasting to Trump, of course, Trump just puts his out there. So it's easy for people to look back now, not just at Reagan, but at so many of our leaders during that time who we all know by their policies and actions were indeed racist. But because they didn't wear their racism on Front Street and would still right. give you a hello and how do you do, right. that means they're not racist. And Scott, that's what's hilarious okay. to me. People are like, oh my God, we didn't. No. Okay, because after Jim Crow, it was keep that stuff private. Yeah, you know the other thing that white Democrats and Republicans did in the sixties and seventies, and even now, right? They let George Wallace be the racist boogeyman that he would say segregation now, segregation in the past, segregation forever. Now they sympathized with him and empathized with him, but they let him be the boogeyman, if you will. Yeah. But their racist blood and bones and their policies, but what they said behind closed doors, I wish we had uh, iPhones then or Androids then in the 60s and 70s, because I think we would be, <laughs> we white America would be far more sensitive oh, to I mean, but it's sooner but, than later. But Cleo, again, at the end of the day, it's like, look, and this is the problem when people go to Trump tweeted, there's not a racist bone in my body. Your own lawyer, Michael Cohen, has revealed mm -hmm. what you talked about. Mm -hmm. We know the deal. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, and I'm, I'm going to play a video in a second of a conversation that happened today on Fox where a white woman was calling Trump a racist and a black woman, Harris Falk, was like, you shouldn't use those words. <laughs> Cleo, go ahead. I mean, Cleo, go ahead. Well, as I've talked about before on this show, no matter how racist some white people are, except for Trump, to some extent Trump as well, people don't like to be publicly shamed. People don't like to be publicly put on front street for what they really are because how people are performing public is important. As, and if, they, if they're two-faced, I mean, what's the Native Americans who said something about a forked tongue? Mm -hmm. So two-facedness is a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, none of us are, well, I'm not surprised at all that Reagan is a racist. But what bothers me is that the society is such, and this is something that Trump ironically complained about, is so PC. And even, what's, what's his name, the, the, the Attorney General under Obama? Eric Holder. Eric Holder. Mm -hmm. Eric Holder. Remember what happened to him? We call it a nation of cowards. And him? guess what? Exactly. It was Rahm Emanuel who said, put him on ice. Exactly. And let me be real clear with y'all. See, this is why y'all don't really want me to write the black book on the Obama administration. Mm. Um, uh, what really happened, what, what, what had happened was, what had happened was that speech was given in February of 2009. And what then happened was they put Holder on ice. That's right. For he would, they would not allow him to do a national That's television right. appearance That's right. more than a year. How do I know that? Because when I saw Eric Holder in 2009 in the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation dinner, he said, man, I would love to have your show be my first Sunday uh, appearance. It was AG in February. And after that, David Axelrod went at uh, Eric Holder, and that was almost a fight. Axelrod almost got his ass whooped in the Oval Office for going after game. Holder, and they had to hold Holder back, and Valadier had to go calm him down. Just want to let y'all know that. Now, wasn't this and so then the only first, the only, when was his first appearance? When the guy in the New York Times, in Times Square, uh, got busted uh, with the bomb. That's when Holder was allowed to go on national television because Rahm Emanuel, the chief of staff to Obama, was so angry that he said America was a nation of cowards. And this occurred under the Democratic rubric, Democratic Party rubric. Am I, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just so, just so folks know. We look yeah. history. Yeah, so I'm just kind of just raising and synthesizing the fact that 
when people talk about racism in this country and put it on front street and real as Holder did, people lose their minds and they can get in a lot of trouble, right. even if they're black. And, and speaking of losing their minds, okay, y'all, let me put this, this was so funny. I literally, y'all, I'm telling you, this is, y'all gonna laugh at this. So on Fox show, Outnumbered, the, the show, so Harris Faulkner is the only African-American woman who has an, who has an hour of a daily show. And she's okay, crazy. and so she's on Fox News. This conversation <laughs> happened today. Y'all gotta see this. I mean, I saw, and I was like, really? And I know Harris. Nice sister, mm. but Harris. Really? <laughs> really? She got issues. The white woman had to break it down? <laughs> and then you were like, oh. <laughs> you were clutching pearls? Are we gonna use that language? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Here we go to my iPad. Substantive fraud. Uh, he can make those arguments, but it's not going to change the fact that he is a racist. That he does racist things. This is okay. A, those are two is, different things. No, it you isn't. You're talking about voting. Listen, a birther means that you are a racist. Telling women of color who are congressional representatives to go back to where they came from when three of them were Americans from birth, one a refugee who is now a citizen, is racist. Thinking that the Central Park Five is still guilty, though they have been exonerated, is racist. Okay, but and Elijah Cummings. Hold on. Elijah Cummings' district contains parts of Baltimore. It is also part of the suburbs. It is in the 61st percentile for median income in this country, above Mick Mulvaney's, South Carolina's fifth, which is 22%. It is also 70th percentile in poverty, whereas Kentucky's fifth, a district that President Trump I'm sure loves because his voters are there. I, I, I want to step in for just a couple of seconds because, Steve, I, I want you to comment on Jessica calling the president racist based on things that he has racist said. Racist things? Or, yeah, but, I mean, you would agree that people can say something and not actually have the name calling. We've been talking Why, about... But I, I and you didn't like it couch. when AOC... And no, a staff no, member it was, did it for Speaker Pelosi. No. I mean, it's, it's a loaded word. Do you think that Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump are in the same conversation when it comes no, to race? No, that's why I... I have I, sat on this couch and been badgered and That's why I don't like the name calling at all. That Alan Omar it doesn't is get an anti-Semite. Or that she said anti-Semitic things. Or AOC. Or Rashida Tlaib. People need to be honest about what he is doing. Do you he think is, the name calling helps? I think that calling people, this is the call them out thing. on what they say. Okay, PC culture is BS. But right, right now, President we are seeing it. something Trump that only after race. the riots did we see under past administrations. That's in not Baltimore. fair, though. You want to talk We're about so, policy? Jessica, you well, it may not be fair, but it's a fact. But I want to get Steve back in the but conversation. I, gave you a bunch I, think, of facts. I think it's fair. I can give you facts, color. too. Yeah. Poverty level has hovered above 26%. For, for many, many years in Baltimore. It has come down recently, but it's still unacceptably, unaccept, unacceptable that it's at 22 or plus percent. I mean, Baltimore has but real issues, But why talk about Jessica? Baltimore as a place that no human would want to live? He doesn't talk about That's white districts Bernie Sanders like said no, as well. No, it is a third world country. This is insane. No, but you're playing a semantics game it with may, it. And you oh, my God, guys. I will Just remember this the next time that we see. It's all about the Benjamins. And you want me to Just sit get, here and talk about Louis Farrakhan. You work for a party that calls President Trump I don't Trump work for a party, and by the way. You are in a party. You are part of a party as a Democrat who calls President Trump a racist and then kisses the ring of people like Al Sharpton, who is there during the, the race riots in Crown Heights and no justice, no peace. We're the head of it, it is a racist. You're in a party where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez points at Nancy Pelosi and says you're racist. The Congressional Black Caucus points at the no Justice Democrats and say they're targeting African-Americans. Rat-infested, no hey human would want to live there. Look, I appreciate the passion, and I know that we will go back and forth, but it's a conversation.
Okay. And when you put your hands in the air and you roll your eyes and, and we kind of go back and forth, it feels less like a conversation, but that's where we need to be. Stephen? Well, I see that I've missed a lot. Well, <laughs> you have. Welcome back. Look, I mean, I, I, I would just say, uh, I, th I think Lisa's right when she points out that Democrats have used the charge of racism against Republicans going back years, including to people who didn't deserve to be called a racist at all. I think Jessica's right when she lists the number of things that Donald Trump have said that are at, at the very least racist comments. I mean, I think the attack on Judge Curiel, the judge from Indiana, where the implication was that he couldn't decide fairly because he was born of uh, Mexican Hispanic mm -hmm. descent. That's a racist thing to say. And if you string those things together, I think that's why you have 51 percent of Americans saying that they think he is racist. The, the problem here is this is what our political <laughs> debates have. That's Fox about. News. No, that's not Fox News. Not um, Fox News. I know. But here's the thing. I don't know that Fox News. I'm ashamed to say that mm -hmm. that sister just spoke to that woman a way that Laura Ingram has never spoken to me. Mm -hmm. When I have said everything that woman said mm -hmm. and worse, mm -hmm. and same thing for Crazy Tucker. Mm -hmm. Never been disrespected in that manner. Never been spoken to like the fact that my passion or my hand raised or my whatever meant, right, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. she, well, dressed her, she dressed her down for her conviction and then offered up as a defense, we're less poor? Ooh. Well, see. Can they have me on? Here's my open invitation. Well, they, can we take a response? They can have you on, but you're not a white woman. Oh, my God. And, and this is relevant. But here. that's even worse. I mean, that's even more off. Well, it's real bad because yes, the point I'm making, awful. and I haven't witnessed what you're saying, but based on what you're saying, you. Yeah, they, they don't call Roe. No wonder why. <laughs> Go ahead, oh, Roll call, huh? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's easy to, if, if, from my perspective, to write you off, regardless of how brilliant you are, as just a black woman doing what black people do, complain. Mm -hmm. But when a white woman, like you said about Mary, Marianne Williams right. a moment ago, when a white woman does it, they can't do nothing but shut it down because they're not willing, willing to, in their mind, be as disrespectful to you as they are. They, they, they will, they will, they're, they're having a hard time dismissing to, to the level, and they expect you to do what you're doing. But the they was us this well, time, Well, but though. see, the they are black Ooh. disassociative Republicans Ooh. who are there to be IWACs. They ain't always us. Well, they are. They, hold up, all your English teachers, they ain't always us. Exactly. And the problem, but what gets me is what Tarlov said, I'm sorry, uh... Y'all sat on this show and said, Omar, uh, anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. See, it's amazing. You want to call other folk names. Mm -hmm. but then when you hit the white guy in the Oval Office with the name, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what he said, mm -hmm. not what he is. Right. And, it, you know, the other thing that's really, really interesting to me, and I've been on Tucker's show and I've been on Laura Ingram's show. They scared to call right. me. I, I, I don't, you know, they're not disrespectful. <laughs> they scared to call me. They just argue. You know, silly facts, if you yes. will, and they try to defend themselves and they try to change the narrative. The one thing that gets me about white America cool. is that um, it, it is the GOP that, unless you're using the N word, 
it's safe ground. No, you unless you burn a cross and using the N word, you no, you can actually use the N word. No, no and you could burn I, a cross. I, I disagree. I, I, they, they don't believe that you can say racist things or be racially offensive and be labeled a racist so long as you don't use the N word and you're not blatant or you don't burn a cross. I guarantee you, ground. I, I will be shocked if Fox News tonight touches Ronald Reagan calling African monkeys and saying they ain't used to wearing shoes. Because that's not their following. That's not their following. And if they Trump do say it, on drop the, the N-word before November exactly. 2020. I've said that too. It's coming. That the only reason, what he's, he's so over the way. top, he's working up to the N-word. And what are we going to do when the president is Why do people What are we going to say when Ronald Reagan, I'm sorry, white. When, that white woman was not being white. What do we do? That woman hey, I'm talking about the black woman who shut her down and did what she tried to do. she can do that because she's not white. No, but I know Harris. I, and look, but Harris, come on. You gonna make me send you a text. You wanna heard of Harris, you gonna make me send you a text. But it's nuts. It's nuts to sit here on a show and you wanna call Ilhan Omar anti Semitic. Mm -hmm. And you wanna call names. Mm -hmm. But then when Tarlov the R says word. Trump is a racist. Mm -hmm. The R word. And it's like, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So painful. And see, <laughs> th and this and this is the thing. Those words matter. But see, this is the but see, this is the thing, mm -hmm. and, and I know people will say, well, man, why you, oh, like, so let me link the two. When I interviewed Richard Spencer, you got some Negroes who ain't never learned how, who ain't never debated on television before. Mm -hmm. When Richard Spencer asked you, who were you? You, just, you should have said you're a black man. <laughs> well, when you're a simpleton mm -hmm. and don't know how to debate mm -hmm. and you don't know how to disarm your opponent, that's what you would say. Of course, I'm a black man. But when Spencer hit me with that, I said, I'm a man. That threw his ass. Same as you. He was like, yep. he was thrown. Mm -hmm. Because, see, I use that. First of all, I, I was a black man. But, see, he didn't see me as a man. Yep. He saw me as a black man. So when I hit him with that, that was like a sucker punch. I'm a man. And then when I kept going, and see, that's why y'all don't know how to debate, don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you were in a debate, you have to disarm your opponent. Okay. So here's the deal. This is so y'all want to know why I rarely call Trump a racist or rarely call anybody racist because of this kind of stuff here. So what happens is the conversation ain't never about what they say and do. It's the racist, not racist. That's the debate. So what did Trump tweet? Ain't a racist bone in my body. Mm -hmm. That's why when the, the, the other white woman. She, earlier, she talked about, oh, man, Trump has done this, unemployment is low, and the First Step Act. Let me help you all out when you debate. This is how you do it. Are you done? And then when they say, this is why Fox News don't call me. And then when they get done with them three things, because, y'all, it's only three things. Unemployment is low, First Step Act, Opportunity Zones. That's it. And then your response is, so please tell me about reinstituting private federal prisons. Under Jeff Sessions, please tell me about pulling consent decrees in Baltimore and Chicago. Please tell me about telling your prosecutors to prosecute people at the highest form of the law. Please That's tell me about now. repealing civil rights protections all across the country, yep. in HUD, in commerce, in your various departments. Please tell me about you signing into law of Obama provision that was targeting auto companies that was discriminating against African Americans in car lending. You signed that into law if the Republicans passed it in the House and the Senate. I just gave you more than three things. <coughs> The problem is when you have the racist discussion mm -hmm. 
it becomes just this sort of broad, yes, I'm not a racist, yes, you are. I'm not a racist, yes, you are. No, no, no. I am going to talk about what you do. Mm -hmm. Tyler, uh, Harris Faulkner got mad because Tarlov slapped him with a label that was 100% correct. And Harris couldn't even acknowledge that being a birther. And no, the racist. She used facts to suppress. Yeah, right, she did. She didn't she just slap it on. Oh, no, I know that. She, she, she dropped one, it. Two, but she, three, but, but she, four, she listed five. it. But like, no, 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 no. Can we not use the title? And because, it's kind of like because that's a Fox policy talking point. Right. Just night before last, Laura was saying, when you throw, when you cry racism, it just ruins the conversation. That's why I said, and when there is racism, yes, precisely. Right. That right. ruins but Laura's lives. job is to protect whiteness. And when you well, that's talk, the but no, but that's the network's job, right? But that's her job. She took the job, right? And I know that. And she's sitting there. The whole yeah, network. The hair, yes. But, that's how it goes. We need to look at how the the impact of white supremacy on some black folks and how we become black white supremacists. We just how we become it. guard dogs for white supremacists. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. All right, y'all. The Here's the deal. Okay. First of all, I know Scott got to go. All right. So, uh, Cap, I'll see you later. I don't know why you're not Philadelphia with your boys. I'm all right, way. folks. Are uh, yeah, you on your way? On your way. You speaking? Yeah, okay. I don't think so. For what? <laughs> I don't, I don't so. speak. I don't speak to less than groups. No, yes, you do. Less you than groups. No, I don't. But, but you speak to high. I, I don't. Sp I don't speak to less than groups. <laughs> Please, y'all, real quick. All President right, Trump is going to be ineligible for the California primary ballot next year unless he discloses his tax returns under a state law that took effect on Tuesday. Signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom and passed a strict party line vote in the legislature earlier this year, earlier this month, requires all presidential candidates to submit five years of income tax filings. The mandate will almost surely end up in court. Ooh, I love this one. Huh? Secretary Ben Carson, y'all, went to Baltimore today to hold a news conference defending Donald Trump's racist comments. He was the problem. He did it on the property of Morningstar Baptist Church. You know they black. I ain't never, I ain't never been to a white Morningstar Baptist Church. And y'all guess what? Morningstar Baptist Church. We're not having it. We're not having it. Rotate. Uh, you were set up on this property right here. It's a church. They say get off of our property. You know, a church. When we're talking about helping the people, I mean, this is the level to which we have sunken as a society. If you're going to have a press conference, why not let us know that you're going to use our property to have all of these people standing around? They, they were actually cleaning up some of the, some of the things on, on, on the uh, property. Why were they doing that? To make it look good for him. They weren't doing it for us. He knew absolutely nothing about this church when he made that comment. What I'm saying is, you know, we have a society in which people, instead of trying to be helpful, you know, think only about themselves. What a pawn. That's what you were doing. Can I get a witness? Uh, yeah, but Laura and the doctor have some things in common. Okay, what? first of all, but I love the church saying you ain't tell us Yeah. to get the hell off our property. Well, but if a Democrat would have came, they probably wouldn't have said nothing. Well, they were well, the bad. Democrat They're probably would have called ahead of time, though. Probably, made probably. I mean, you just don't roll up on somebody's property, <clears throat> hold a news conference, using a black church as your backdrop. I mean, it's, it's common courtesy at least to call and say, can we drop by? Yeah. 
I'm just saying. Well, they might have done it before. Right now. No, he didn't. But No, I'm saying they might have allowed something to occur before. I don't know. My point is that, and we all know this, that Baltimore is very self-conscious and defensive right now and mad right now because the president said what he said, and they're not taking any stuff from anybody who looks like they represent that president. But what he was That's trying what to do, saying. what he was trying to do, he was trying to pimp the church. Yeah. He was trying to send yeah. a signal. I'm a black man sitting from a black church talking about Baltimore. We're trying to help y'all. When the fact of the matter is, Ben Carson, when was the last news conference you held in Baltimore prior to Trump's conference, Trump's comments. You didn't have one. So don't all of a sudden try to act like you give a damn about Baltimore when you've been in that office for two years and you have not held a public press conference in Baltimore. Man, I ain't trying to hear it. Okay, all right, I got a couple other stories I was supposed to get to, but I'm going to end this story on a much better note, end this show on a much better note uh, from the Jeffrey Osborne uh, Celebrity Golf Classic. I was there for the past few days. Raising money, of course, uh, for foundations, Jeffrey's Foundation, which raises money to provide arts opportunities for young folks. Well, uh, night before last with the sponsor's dinner. And as always, when Smokey Robinson is there, he has to see my girl. Well, he had a little twist this time because he had a little competition going. This is Smokey Robinson and Johnny Gill. Roll it.
host, Smokey Robinson. Yeah, Always a pleasure. They better be glad that Jeffrey was on the side because he was the best singer on that stage. <laughs> He's a singer. De Jeffrey Osborne. It's just the truth. Negro just can't leave the show in right. Okay, all right, y'all. I'm trying to get Smokey the oldest on the stage, okay? Anyway. anyway. <laughs> you only get that on this show here because, frankly, we do black excellence on this show, uh, and we don't sit here uh, and cape for other people. And so uh, I had a great time there. I've got some other stuff I'm going to show y'all later. Uh, y'all want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Please go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. This is an independent show. Uh, we're not controlled and owned by anybody else. This is black-owned, black-controlled, black-operated. It, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And so please, we want you to join our fan club. Use Square, use um, uh, Cash App, use PayPal. Uh, again, we want to add at least another thousand members in the month of August, which is really right now, Monique. Uh, and so join our Bring the Fuck fan club. We certainly would appreciate it. I will see you guys tomorrow. Yes, there's a second debate tonight, but I'll be watching something else. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.